What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Kale Marker Podcast. This is episode number 85. Thank you so much for being here. few things. This episode is uh, with Joe Corsione. He is the host of the Art of Fulfillment Podcast, Spartan Racer. Uh, he's been a former addict, and now he's a coach uh, and doing so many awesome things, and we had such a great conversation. I'm excited for you guys to dive into it. Before we do that, a few housekeeping things. As always, make sure you leave a, a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcast platform you listen to. Uh, it really helps us get this show out there, and I really appreciate that. Uh, and the team really loves that as well. Uh, a couple other things is please join our newsletter, uh, kalemarkerpodcast.com. Just click, put in there your email. Uh, we're trying to build a, a list and an audience here that we can share some valuable information via email directly to you. So if that's interesting to you, if you would like to receive one to two emails from us a week, uh, please go to kalemarkerpodcast.com and put in your email. A few other things that we're giving away, uh, but before that, Gap 5 Fulfillment Journal Frameworks journal, whatever we want to call it, we are getting uh, some beta testers are pretty much through it right now. Uh, we're still taking a few more. So if you would like to test out this journal, uh, I would love for you to do that. DM me on Instagram. Follow me first, then DM me on Instagram. It's at KLJMarker on the Instagrams. Uh, and then let me know that you want to beta test the journal. I would love the feedback. I'm open to it. The team's ready. We're excited. Uh, and lots of things happening. Uh, last, if you would like to support the show, please... Uh, go to kalemarkerpodcast.com slash happyaf and grab a t-shirt, hashtag happy as fuck. Or you can go to the Patreon page, patreon.com uh, slash kalemarker, and you can donate there. That would be great. Uh, it goes directly to the team and to the production of this podcast. Um, I'm not really taking any lavish vacations on that. But if I was, so what? Anyways, uh, enjoy this show. And last thing, if you go to kalemarkerfitness.com, you can grab some free goodies there as well. So without further ado, this episode, number 85 of the Kale Marker Podcast, Joe Corsio. And we're recording. Joey, what's up, my man? Oh, nothing much, Kale. Dude, I, uh, I'm really excited to be here and really humbled that you asked me to be on the show. Um, I'm stoked to have this conversation with you while you're in Colorado. So I'll give you yes, a nice uh, scenery for the conversation. And I'm just excited to be here, my man. So thank you. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you hopping on early morning. Yeah, you said you just finished your workout. And uh, man, I'm, I'm, it's uh, cats out of the bag, but I'm super selfish when it comes to podcasts. I just want to talk to people and, uh, you know, have it recording. So that's, that's, that's my favorite part about the whole podcast, just being able to learn more from other people. Uh, you're up to some big stuff. Uh, I've seen you around, met you through Chris Worth. So tons of fun stuff going on. You got your Spartan shirt. Uh, we had a few conversations about Spartan not too long ago. So if you could just kind of introduce yourself to, to the, to the fans here. Yeah, absolutely, man. And thank you for the kind words. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, shout out Chris Worth, man. Great guy connected us. Um, he, he's an awesome dude. Um, so yeah, just, a, just a little bit about myself. I always tell myself that, or tell people that the person who I am is very different from who I was years ago. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of people on my Instagram, if you were to go into my Instagram and see my content, see my stories, like, damn, you know, this guy's doing all this. He's running these ultra marathons, these Spartan races, like chasing his dream out and all that stuff. Like, and I'm not saying that's a brag. I'm saying that because I was never always that kid. And I was someone who, you know, and I grew up in a middle-class family, like very good family treated me well and everything, but I, I mentally struggled. Uh, mostly with insecurities about myself, about the world, about um, confidence in myself and everything. And I just never 
never really loved myself. And a lot of that, you know, we can go deep into that if you'd like, but basically to shorten sure, that up, a lot of the things that that came from was just childhood trauma and how I kind of received um, my experience. Um, perceived is the right word because again, I had a good childhood, but I just perceived it in a very, very wrong way. And that shaped me to look at the world in a way that I didn't have confidence in myself. So I never really went after big challenges. I was pretty sedentary. The only sport I played in high school was golf. Um, I was not a ladies man by any means, like would crumble every single time that I would go up to a girl. Um, I drank profusely on the weekends to basically become someone uh, who I wasn't really because I didn't feel good about who I was sober. And uh, while on the surface, I looked like I was successful because I went to, you know, Big Ten, Big Ten school, Penn State, um, had a had great job after college, um, was making a decent amount of money, um, had a girlfriend at the time. Um, inside, I was really, really messed up and um, just depressed, anxious, um, in a really, really bad place. And through just stumbling upon a self-help book um, that eventually turned into this dying passion for self-improvement, um, I was able to not only tackle the insecurities, but become the person I am today. Um, and I found a solace in pushing myself, a solace in finding what the limits are, because I found that in order to really love yourself, in order to really destroy the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, you have to prove them to be wrong through action. And you also have to do things that are worthy of self-credibility. And so for me, doing things of worthy of self-credibility were chasing my dreams, were going out and running, you know, at the time, five miles was a big thing to me. Now, you know, my big thing is doing 50 miler in December and uh, doing things like that, that earn the self-credibility and all of that culminated basically what I believe is the meaning of life of what I found for me at least because in that process of self-improvement I found that the process itself was the fulfilling thing and I was like damn there's nothing more amazing to me than this feeling of getting better every single day and so as I went on this journey and as I started to love myself I realized I was like you know what people need to realize that this is you know, what I believe to be the meaning of life is fulfillment or how I like to define it, how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. I didn't come up with that. Shout out to Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory for that definition. I just thought it was perfect that I can't think of another one. So I, I, I rehash it. But then in that willingness to express what it really takes to be fulfilled, I came up with my own podcast called The Art of Fulfillment Podcast. And, uh, yeah, I basically speak with people. I'm going to have you on the show, obviously, um, and uh, speak with people to find out what their art of fulfillment is so other people can start to think about what makes their own life of fulfillment. And um, also along that journey, I work for um, this company called Break Method, um, which kind of aligns to my journey of pushing myself and, and, and really following what is true to my heart because uh, I worked on corporate America and this was a company led by Busy Gold, who is a woman who I met through the podcast. Um, she's a, a leader in the, in the personal development space. And um, I decided to just, I wanted to go work for her. And so I quit my job in corporate America, flew halfway across the country to go and work for her. And we deal all with, um, repatterning your emotions and healing childhood trauma and doing all those things. So you can do exactly what I did in my life, which is to become who you really are deep down. 
not this trauma-laden version driven by fear and, and anxiety and depression, but someone who's strong, confident, capable, and one who's willing to chase their dreams without a w- care about what anyone says about them. So that was a whole fucking hodgepodge of things um, of what I'm about. And, and I tried to condense it all in a short amount of time, but uh, that's, that's basically the whole nine yards of it's- my story. That was that was all nine yards, man. I appreciate it. That's all good. I I I I guess I'm done. I don't have any more questions. No, we're done. We're done. Thanks for having me. I have tons of questions. No, I really appreciate you sharing that. Just giving you some flack there. Um, I'm first curious. How old are you? I'm 25 years old. 25. All right. Cool, man. Um, I'm taking notes. So if you see me put my head down, that's what I'm doing. I'm not just uh, ignoring you. So uh, you said some juicy stuff in there. So one, congrats on one changing everything coming into yourself feeling the fulfillment um you know just started down this journey myself of being a fulfillment coach and Mm -hmm. that word has um it means a lot you said something in there is like instead of chasing the goal you said that the process is what Mm -hmm. where you find the fulfillment i think um because you work in the field that you do what what is fulfillment like go deeper into fulfillment i'm I'm curious to know from a 25 year old who's kind of put in the work uh early mm-hmm. on in his life um i too come from a middle class family i'm from ohio uh, did you grow up in pennsylvania um no so i grew up in new york so okay. yes yeah, east coast though so okay cool uh and then you moved and then you went to penn state so i, I grew up in a mentally uh <laughs> a middle class family uh and you know, I struggle with some of the same things and it's taken mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm 29, it's taken me a little bit longer mm-hmm. of a journey, uh, I would say to kind of figure out who I am, but just for starters, uh, kind of elaborate what you, what you feel fulfillment is, uh, layman's terms, yep. uh, just kind of go into fulfillment for me. Absolutely, man. It's a great question. I think you're doing a great service to the world by being a fulfillment coach. I think a fulfillment coach is much better than a business coach, in my opinion, just because if you are optimizing your life for fulfillment over money, over, you know, external things, the money and all those things will come. And um, that kind of relates to what the definition I believe to be fulfillment. So how did I come on this realization? More specifically, it's, um, I dealt with a very, very vicious drug addiction to Adderall. I was addicted to it for 10 plus years, was prescribed it when I was in fifth grade because I had ADHD, um, but still took it and basically, you know, took a shit ton each day um, in order to mask who I was again. I didn't like who I was as the sober person, so I had to be hopped up on drugs. And so that led to um, my addiction to Adderall. And so through that, um, I always deep down knew that I didn't want to be on this thing, but I always pushed it aside because I knew it was hard. I knew it was going to be difficult. I was like, "Ah, I can't do it. And then um, through a culmination of events, I decided to take the leap. Now this relates to your question. I'll get to that, you know, in a second of how this relates. But when I was going through the process of getting sober, and basically what it was for me was I just unscrewed my cap one day on the, on the pill bottle and just flushing down the toilet. And I said, that's it, done. Put it on Instagram, said, from here on forward, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not taking any more drugs. Like, that's it, done. And through the process of getting sober, which was really hard, really, really hard, especially when you've been depending on this thing for 10 years, the process in itself was just like each day I would get better, like 
that in itself was the fulfilling thing. Not like, you know, and right now I'm like two years sober and yes, I'm very proud of myself, but there was nothing much more fulfilling than the daily incremental progress I was making of getting better. So for example, for me, what that would look like is staying on focus on task for like five minutes more than I was yesterday, just five minutes. And that was a huge win for me because I was like, today I'm getting better. And it was in that progress, in that improvement, in the process where I was like, fuck yeah, that's amazing. And let me tell you, that incremental progress in that moment was way more than any single endpoint of any goal that I've ever had in my life. It's the same thing with training. The first time I ever ran, I, I would probably say my biggest accomplishment or in, in the endurance world right now um, was probably running my 30 mile Spartan race. That was probably the biggest feet that I've had so far. The process of getting better in training was always way better than finishing the race a million times. And so when I say fulfillment is how you feel about yourself when you buy yourself, it's, it's really comes from progress. I think it comes from developing, like being the better person than you were yesterday. And the thing about progress is like, you can always get a little bit better. And in that moment, like when you're making progress every single day, like and maybe it's not every single day. Maybe it's every week. Maybe it's every single month. Because after a while, you know, it's progress starts to get tougher to make. But you start to just have this deeper feeling about yourself, this deeper satisfaction. And I don't like to say it's happiness. A lot of people say, oh, fulfillment is happiness. And that's fine if that's your definition. My definition is just a little different. I think happiness is fleeting. Happiness is something that's like momentary pleasure, right? You can get happiness from eating ice cream. If you eat ice cream every single day, you're not gonna get the long-term meaningful fulfilling. It's feeling like your life has meaning and purpose and that you have a will to live and something to look forward to. And progress gets you there because you know that once you keep making progress, you know that train's never gonna stop. And there's just, there's just something just really, really intoxicating about that. So that's why I see fulfillment from a deeper perspective. Yeah, and the word perspective is, is kind of the, the thing that I think most people skip a beat on. Um, I'm curious, I'm, I'm, before I get into that, um, you, you just kind of mentioned micro wins, right? Mm -hmm. And saying that progress within the process is where the money's at, right? Feeling yeah. those little wins. And so it makes me think of like, for you, like, do you have, how, have, what were your goals probably 10 years ago? Like, how did you format goals? Did you have goals? You know, what, when you wrote them out, what were they like? And yep. versus what they are, how they're different today, because uh, what I mean, for me, I guess I'm kind of taking that, that question on, but it's like, the focus of your goals switches to the goals of the process and more of what you can control versus obtaining a certain thing. Like, for example, in the sports world, it's like the Super Bowl, which although is kind of the point of, of, of the sport is to win mm -hmm. that is, is the overarching goal. But what is that's that's a lot of variables thrown in there and it comes with a lot of uh, build up. Right. And then you hit this high point, you grab the trophy and then you're like, then what? Right. Yeah. And it's back to the grind. So if you put the goals more on the micro level of day to day and find that fulfillment in those, Hey, I worked out today for that hour that I was supposed to. And you know, I got two more reps than I did over the course of it. That's the goal. And you find that you're, you're more fulfilling on that journey on a more consistent basis for this huge buildup and this huge, like, kind of like, it's kind of like going out and partying, right? You get, you know, you, 
drinking all day and then you get really drunk and then at the next day you're like whole it was like so much fun and then boom crash hangover and I feel like that's if you set your goals like that um that's usually what happens and so mm -hmm. I didn't know if you had um kind of what you did with goals previously versus what you do now just to kind of give people an idea of the process and something that they might be able to take away uh from an action standpoint yeah for sure man and and you basically nailed it like in terms of how I set goals now versus then because in the past 10 years ago um you know i wouldn't even see 10 years ago i was really thinking about goals i would even say probably like five years ago was a big difference so when i was like 20 i would always set goals like completely specific on the outcome like you said like my goal is like i want to get a job on wall street and i need i need to do x y and z to get there if i miss the mark on any one of those x y and z pillar stones i'm a failure so not only am I completely focused on the outcome, but I have such a rigid plan to get there that literally does, gives me no room for flexibility, which I will also touch on why, I, why that's important when thinking about your goals and fulfillment. So the way that I set goals now, because when I set goals that way, not only was I just hyper-focused on the outcome, that the process in itself was always this like unobtainable kind of chase. Like I felt like I was always lacking because that's the thing when you're always looking for the goal and you're never focusing on the present moment and the process, you're always going to feel like you're out of reach on the thing. And that never, it's never a good feeling because you're coming from a place of lack. You're coming from a place of abundance. And not only does it not feel good, but you don't tap into the resourceful states and the states of abundance and the states of resourcefulness and the states of gratitude that you need to actually get you to where you want to be. So not only is it stressful, but it's actually conducive to your success. So I always say like that, that's exactly at least what, what happened in my life. And then at the same time, because I had this X, Y, and Z structure of, I have to do this, then this, then this, whenever either I missed out on the thing or something out of my control knocked me off that path, I would get, I would lose my marbles and I would not know how to come back. Here's how I do it now. I always have big high level goals for myself, right? High level goals. And you know, 10 years, like, like I have 20 year goals. I have all those things. However, number one, my first and foremost thing is thinking of just about making progress every single day. And I always say I have my high level goal, but instead of just kind of like, like I honestly don't break it as much down into like, uh, okay, here's my 10 year plan. And then like, here's my plan each year to get there. Instead, it's always like, what am I going to do for the next three months to help me move closer to this goal? Break it down into smaller chunks. And then once I take that three-month window where I kind of look at it as like quarterly goals, again, I don't do specific plans anymore. I just say, this is the result that I want. And then each day that I wake up, I think, okay, what's the result I want? And then what are the action steps I'm going to do to take today? But not only take today, but to get better and move closer towards that goal today not next week, not the week after, today. And keeping that high level goal, but at the same time taking that daily approach, that makes me much more in the present. It makes me much more focused on the process because here's the thing, man, like you can chase a goal for 10 years and not get it at all. And that's gonna suck if you're only focused on the outcome. But if you work 10 years for a goal and you don't get it, but you love the process, it's still a win. And the whole point of life is to enjoy life. Like, let's be, let's be real here. Like, that's the whole point of life. If, if it's not, then what the fuck are you doing? Like, seriously. And um, that's how I set goals now. And then also the second part is like, I'm always flexible in my approach. So I'm, I'm crystal clear on where I want to go. Crystal clear. 
but always keeping the notion that um, I have to be flexible. Um, and I think that is just so crucial, especially when you have things like coronavirus and everything going on in the economy right now, when life just throws you a shit sandwich, you got to be able to bounce back, think of different ways to get there and be flexible in your approach as opposed to having this rigid A, then B, then C. It's more like, I know where I'm going. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And I'm going to trust myself to make the right decisions. And if I don't, I'll learn, readjust and take it from there. And I think that in itself, not only brings a little bit more pressure off of you, but leads to more fulfillment. And I'm curious, you know, to hear your perspective on fulfillment, because I've been sharing about, you know, my perspective on fulfillment. I know that I'm going to have you on my show and you're going to talk about this for sure. But I know you being a fulfillment coach, like what does fulfillment mean to you? And like, how does it kind of like, you know, or how did you kind of like come up with, you know, your own definition for it? Well, I think it's definitely, I appreciate that. And one of the things I like about what you said before I answer the question is, you know, you have these, I use big level goals as just words, right? That like, I look at an area for me, I, I've, I've boiled it down to areas of my life. And I, re, I really could boil it down to five words. Those are my five goals in my life. Mm. And it's uh, personal. And it's, mm. so it's, it's personal, meaning as my human, I want to progress. So whether, and, and, you, and then you can look at, there's, there's a thousand ways to do that, which gives me some sort of liberation, personal liberation, right? Some flexibility. So just personal, personal health, uh, personal, um, you know, growth in a sense, uh, mind, body, spirit that way. And then it's as a parent. And so I have this vision of what each of those looks like. I have a vision of what it looks like personally in my life. Um, as a parent, I have a vision of what I want. Um, like I'm looking into the future of how do I not necessarily, how do I get my kids to this point or how do I get them to be a certain way, but what do I want to protect them from like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and help them cultivate and protect might sound different. Um, so I'll explain protecting is like, I, I want to protect who they are, right? I don't want to suppress that. I want to actually uh, nourish who they are. So when I, when I say protect, that's what I mean. I don't mean by, uh, not letting them fall down, not letting them experience challenges and pain and hurt. Uh, I think those things are actually, if, if we're getting that, I feel those things are actually better um, yes. for them to experience at a younger age, not traumatically, yes. like, but I think they're better. Uh, one, resiliency is a muscle, grit is a muscle. And if you wait until you're 20 to start developing that muscle, it's probably not the best time for yep. most people uh, when they're younger, they have some sort of support system right? It could be your parents, step parents, grandparents, aunt, uncle, somebody who's raising you when you're younger, who can be there and help guide through these, these, these challenging times. So for me, uh, there's a hot air balloon flying by. This is magical. Um, it's so close too. That is amazing. Uh, the, the third one is a partner. So I've, I've developed in my mind at this point that that's what I want. I, I want a, a, a perfect, not perfect, but a, a deep connection with a partner yeah. and, um, I've, I've definitely had my, um, sounds so dumb, run of the mill. I've, I've chased women. I've been with, uh, you know, a lot of different relationships and I fall in love really hard and really fast with so many people. But now I'm like, that all is kind of like, uh, getting your fix. It was a drug. Right. So for me, it's just this, this, this partnership, right. It's this deep connection with, a, a you know, a significant other. Uh, and then the last two, as I kind of boil this down and I have a vision for all these is, is as a provider. 
and a provider is my career, um, my professionalism, what I want to be up to, what I would say I'm, I'm serving the community of how I'm, you know, providing secure financial security and well-being for my family that way. And the last one is, is player and player, not in the word that I just kind of talked about, <laughs> like with the women, but player that I'm out here and I'm doing Spartan races. I'm doing challenges. I'm doing new things. I'm living in a culture. I take a on the whim trip to Colorado with my sister. How am I playing? And these, these things are, Hey, these are the muscles I'm building. These are the goals that I have is that I'm going to develop these. And I break these down every single day. And so it's like, now the question is, what can I do today to be a better person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now it makes today's actionable step actionable like you can do something to get better at that and there's some flexibility in that um and some grace right because sometimes uh 30 push-ups before a podcast which is what i did is gonna be the day and for for that personal workout and that's got to be okay because it's progress and you kind of mentioned something too is and the the, the other thing about that is you get more information so the information who i am if i'm putting so much more info what i know today Versus what I knew six months ago or six years ago is way different. So how I'm going to approach those big goals is different. So to say yes. that I'm going to do this year one, this year two, this year three, this year four, it, it, you're kind of lying to yourself in a sense yeah. because you're going to be learning. It's, 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 you can't develop the car from 10 years from now today and expect you're going to know everything that you need to know because technology is going to evolve. And so I look at that that way and that's kind of a flexibility. It's, it's like, hey, I'm going to go from Ohio to Colorado. And here's my plan to get there, but we might have to reroute. We might, we might want to stop and we might want to detour for a little bit. And so those are the things that I try to keep in my mind there uh, when, I, when I gain information. So what do I think fulfillment is? Um, fulfillment is definitely, I would call it individual happiness. And you talked mm-hmm. about happiness being like, hey, ice cream could be happy. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't look as ice cream being a bad thing if it serves one of those upper goals. Right? Yeah, for sure. So I'm definitely for looking sure. for I'm looking for harmony. I'm looking for relationship. My, my, my expect, you know, last day of summer uh, was Sunday with my two boys for me uh, and my time with them, two boys and, and my partner. And um, it was, it was summer and then we were going to grab ice cream and that was going to be a thing that we're going to do. And so you don't, I don't look at that and be like, Oh shit, I, now I'm going to lose my abs or now I didn't be fit. It's like, mm. no, I actually built a real connection with my family mm. and, we're not sloppy hogs who eat ice cream every day and stuff like that. So, and if you do, it's fine. So to me, fulfillment is individual happiness. It's, it's, it's looking for how do I increase the moments of joy in my day? That is fulfillment because that Super Bowl holding the trophy literally lasts a minute and it may Mm -hmm. just be this huge rush that you feel. And it just may feel like a million dollar check is just cashed into your bank account. Um, But for me, it, it's okay. I have this many moments in a day. Yes. Right. And how do I increase the level of happiness for me? I use the word because it it's when you say it to somebody, they have their own feelings attached to it. They have their, there is some sort of individuality when, when you say happiness, because if I asked everybody on this neighborhood block, what happiness was, it would all be different. So I right. use the word happiness because they have some sort of vision of what that looks like, mm-hmm. some sort of idea of what that looks like. So for me, it's how do I increase the moments of joy in my day? That is fulfillment. And so to me, that's very individualistic. Like what brings you joy is not what brings me joy. So you actually yeah. have to, you have to, you have to learn about the self. And what you're talking about is, is exactly that is, is coming into who you are, 
on the basis and giving less less fucks, if you will, about what other people think. And that is something I think you seem to have struggled with and I seem to have struggled with is caring a lot about what other people think. And mm-hmm. at some point uh, up until like probably last week and even now is like something I'm working through is making decisions based upon who I am, yes. not what I think somebody else is going to think of me if I make this thing. So out of yes. fear, out of resentment or out of um, rejection, um, yes. jealousy, what am I making this as an emotional decision? Um, I think experiencing emotions is great. Like all of the emotions, all mm-hmm. of the emotions experienced mm-hmm. of those are great because they're experiencing and make you human. Like I laugh when people say, oh, it's hot out here. And I said, oh, I'm alive. I can feel the heat, right? Or I get in a, you know, an ice bath. I'm like, oh, I'm alive. Like you are living when you experience the hot, the cold, the, the, the mm-hmm. anger, the stuff. You are, you are experiencing this, this human this human experience. And so I don't try to reject those, but I, I don't try to set my choices and my actions based off of the feelings in the moment. So mm. um, fulfillment to me, I guess it's a circle it all around Joey is just how do I increase the moments of happiness and joy in my day? And um, maybe it's not as hard to do that because I think, Hey, how do I make uh, $200,000 in a year? And how am I going to get there? I think those are great goals, but those aren't, you got to still, who would I be? Who yes. would I be? If yes. I was doing that, how would I behave? What, and then how can I bring that, that human into this moment? Mm-hmm. So if I, if I knew that I would be uh, more calm, if I was financially secure, well, being financially secure and having someone pay me money in this moment, not, that's not going to happen. Somebody's not just going to drop $200,000. I mean, if they do, let me know who that person is. I'd love right. them to come <laughs> see me. But, the, but, but even then it's, it's okay. How do I be calm? now right if i if i had the ability to be a better planner i would be a better planner if i had more time well be a better planner now so like who would you be in that that future when you're setting these goals and you're looking at a fulfilled life and what might fulfill you and as you're defining what that looks like for you how do you bring that human being into this present day in these moments how do you be a good communicator how do you be a podcaster well you do podcasts that's what you do right yes. how do you be a more fit person in the future you do fit things now and it's 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 any fit things right how do i how do i be smarter in the future you do things to get you smart you build that muscle you read books well what book it doesn't matter start reading a book you'll find the way along the way there's there's i don't know how many books published but you just have to start and you have to right. start looking at like the the micro level for me is who i can be in the moment it's yes. not it's not is should I run six miles or five miles? That's not, that's not what I'm looking to do. Those, those are details where you should sub those out to a coach, to somebody who can look at the details for you and gets in the nitty gritty. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's to me, fulfillment is about the literally, as I'd say for the fourth time is about the moments of joy that you can increasing, increasing the moments of joy throughout your day. And um, for me, going circling back, it's, it's those little micro wins yeah through that through through the process in gaining progress is where you feel that and uh, tony robbins has a quote it's like progress equals happiness so if you're making yeah. if you're big if your wins are just so big and so monumental you won't see progress and it right. takes a very special person to 
to stay focused that much. And mm -hmm. I would argue even that person is still some sort of oriented with their mind on those micro goals. And it might be just showing up and doing the thing consistently day after day with this faith that they're, they're going to be there someday. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's for sure. For me, the, the thing that I find interesting is there's a story in, um, um, Oh man, I'm going to butcher it so bad. I think it, by Dale Carnegie, I think it's a different book by him, but there's a story in there about this huge tree. I'm going to send it to you when we get off here. Cause I'll find it. I don't have like Please a Jamie over here Googling it. Yeah. Right. What's up? No, um, you're good. I'm just, uh, I'm just giving you feedback. No. So there's, there's the story. There's a story of this tree and it's lived for thousands and thousands of years. This giant tree and it's, it survived earthquakes and and you know uh, storms and lightning strikes and a standing right surviving all these huge things uh and over the course of, of time the tree falls and the reason the tree falls is not because of the lightning strikes or the storms or the earthquakes it's because the japanese be not the japanese beetles because these little beetles all right go down and these termites bring this down mm. they eat it and they chip away over time and they rot out the inside and then they take down the tree. It's written so much better in, in the book, and the story is, is great to see. Um, and I want to actually share it on my, my social media. But the thing that I find interesting there, uh, one, you can find that you can tear yourself down from the inside with these negative comments and saying, mm. I'm stupid, I'm not worth it. You can really break yourself down with those micro cuts, right? It might not be the breakup. It might not be, you know, you didn't finish college or you lost your job or whatever it might be. It might not, that might knock you down. It's those little, those little beetles over time, those termites mm -hmm. that take you down over time. Yeah. On the switch side though, for me, it's, it's also how you build yourself up little yes. by little. Yes. You can knock out this giant tree of a goal that you have. So whatever this, so to me, the giant trees are, my family, my person, my partner, my provider, my player over time, right? Acute and like just little cuts at this, this, these goals mm -hmm. every single day. And like I said, it could just be a one-on-one -on -one conversation for five minutes with my, my seven-year-old, just five minutes. And that's just, that brings so much value to both of our lives and creates this amazing relationship over time. So um, yeah, man, 30 miles. Was that the 50 K on the Spartan race? That was the fulfillment question first. You, you did by the way. And before we, before we get into the 30 mile race and I appreciate, first of all, you, you giving that answer got me so excited to have you on my show because so, so bring that same thunder, man, bring that same thunder. Cause that was amazing. And you hit on an amazing point. Um, especially when you talked about like the, like the ice cream thing. So like for me, like, ice cream doesn't fit my goals. So that's why I use that example, but you're right. Like I'm not saying like, listen, if your goal is to like, I don't know, eat a flavor of ice, like every flavor of ice cream in the world. And that's what fulfills you fucking do that goal. And it goes yeah. like, here's, here's the key to fulfillment in life for anybody. And I always say like fulfillment's different, but this is the one thing that stays consistent for everybody. If you want to create the most meaningful life, listen the fuck up. Seriously get super clear on what you want for your life. And you said it best, not what other people want, what you want and pursue that thing. And I'm here saying like for me running and doing Spartan races and um, you know, working in the field of personal development, that's all fulfilling to me. To someone that might not be fulfilling at all. And it takes like crystal clear clarity on where you want to be. And when you think about um, most people, and, and I'm, I'm not saying this to like say people are bad or stupid or anything. I think it's just not a, 
it's just not the default mode of the mind because because we're so distracted nowadays when we have social media and technology and you know all these things going on we really take the time to sit down and ask ourselves like what do i want for my life like what does my life look like what do i want my my what do I want my career to look like what do i want my family to look like what do i want my relationships to look like and to use your words a vision for each of those areas and define that down and that is the most important thing. And the reason why I say it's so important now is because I remember when this coronavirus started and I thought the biggest BS that was being thrown around was like saying like, if you're not using this time to better yourself, like screw you. Or if you're not using this time and then, and then you have the other side coming back and being like, well, no, you should use this time to recharge and you know, do what you want. And I said, both you guys are dumb. What you should be doing is using this time for whatever you think you should be doing. Not, not what you think others should think you're doing, but what you think you are doing. And so if you really want to start to get on the path of fulfillment before you do anything, before you set the goals for yourself, before you focus on improvement, focus on what do you want? And it's like the most like simple concept where people hear that and they're like, oh yeah, of course, like I get it. But very rarely, very rarely do people actually sit down and write it down and actually make a clear vision. So I think that is like the key. And you're so right, man. Like you, you nailed it perfectly. It's like, if your goal is to eat every flavor of ice cream, then yeah, eat ice cream every day. For me, like my goal is to optimize my health and my fitness. So eating ice cream goes against it. Now at the same time, well, I'm doing 75 hard right now. So I can't have ice cream for at least another 30 days that I'm still on this, which that that's a whole thing. But like, um, so I just got into a relationship and you can damn well think that after the end of 75 hard, I'm going to have ice cream with my girlfriend for sure. And, uh, because, uh, cause the goal for me in that moment is to develop the relationship. So, Correct. yeah. So I, I just wanted to emphasize on that part just because I thought it was so important and it would do me disservice to not emphasize that point that you said, um, because I think that's what really leads to fulfillment. But anywho, um, yes, so I think I want to, I want to, I want to cut you off there for a second because I, yeah. think, uh, I want to drive that home. Like you're saying, like clarity. And I see, I just, I, I hear who I used to be and I hear these, like these, these voices in my head about, uh, have you, your voice in my head? No, like clarity. And like what you said was taking time mm -hmm. to sit down and to write out and, uh, define it down, sculpt it into what you want and what you want specifically, not what you want because your parents taught you this, because your community says you should do this, because this is what your spouse says mm -hmm. or your partner, anybody else says, what do you want? And like, again, repeating that the action step here within your control is to go to a piece of paper, take the time by yourself where you're not doing anything else. You don't have to go anywhere else and writing out. And I want to say to those people who are listening, like, writing it out it doesn't have to be a certain way right you are yeah. writing it out and you are sculpting it. that's why i use the word sculpting right if i'm sculpting this huge piece of art right i'm taking it down one layer of clay rock stone at a time and when you're writing these words that's what you're doing you are not just going to say voila and all the rock and all the, the everything just like it just carved itself like it takes the, the process in of itself to find clarity doesn't look like aha ideas just hit you in the yes. head and yes. i think creative people understand that because they know that like if you're creative enough i have friends who are artists and musicians 
it is not something that you just like, oh, I have this inspiration and it just came through me. It came through you because you just spent hours and hours and hours and hours like thinking about it and mulling it over and you're having dinner and you're thinking about it. Like, so it is that process of finding clarity and, and uh, whittling it down over time. So I just wanted to kind of like nail that home for those yeah. people. And I, 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 I'm hearing a little bit of that for, through you because two years ago or three years ago, or when you, when did you start your journey of, of kind of transformation? Probably God. So it's 2020. So I would, I would say like it really started four ish years ago, a little less. Right. And you're, and you're still now you're starting to see the fruits of your labor a little bit more after yep. four years and you're starting yep. to find it a little bit more. And so uh, just for those people, it's, it's important to start it. Like it's so important to just start the process and be flexible over time. Um, and really kind of like, what do you have to like, what do you have to lose by starting that process? But, uh, not a whole lot because you're just living the same perpetual shitty life. And we're speaking to those people who are unfulfilled. We're, the people who yeah. are fulfilled yeah. talk to us because we want to know how you're finding fulfillment and right. we want to give that to the people who are not finding fulfillment, whether it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what one thing, but fulfillment in your home life, like where, where can we have fulfillment? What's that process? So um, thank you for sharing the clarity, man, because it's so super important. Vision, clarity, uh, idea, goal, like whatever that futuristic thing that you want and to go after. So um, I, I'm a little curious. Uh, I've got it. What was that self-help book that you read? Yeah. So the self-help book was uh, Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. So Tony, okay. Yeah, Tony was the first guy, you know, where I I originally listened to his first TED talk and it spoke to me and then I read the book and like every page I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like Tony, I, I consider him like pretty much like one of the goats in personal development. I mean, if not the goat and um, he's always, his work as someone who's, I mean, he, it just really hit home for me and really resonates with me. And uh, I've been to live seminars and um, yeah, it, it just hit me in a different way. I love it, man. Yeah. A book, a book, it, book is the one that started it for me too, so uh start was actually the book by john aka so mm. that was that was some good stuff but you got something to say oh no it's just so like yeah i'm still here i i think i kind of you're you're i don't know the internet is kind of crapping did out i don't know if frozen? it's frozen did we freeze oh wait now now i think you're back can you still hear me can I you can hear me I can hear you, but it's just a, like a little choppy. I don't know if I don't know if I'm coming in. I don't know how I'm coming in on your end. Uh oh. I, I hear you perfectly, man. So if you can't hear me, it's definitely on. It's definitely my side. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just got like super choppy on your end. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, <laughs> that's super delayed. Uh-oh. Oh, is it really? 
Uh, now I can. There we go. There we go. We're back. We're here. yeah. Now, now you sound good. Now I hear you. Awesome. Tell me. Tell me. Um. So you played golf and yep. and in high school, and now you seventy five hard, falling down on your runs. You know. Bone sticking out your leg, still pushing through Spartan races. What uh, what unleashed the beast for you, man? I don't know if it was super delayed there because it was coming in pretty slow. Um, let me know because I, I think you're frozen now on my end. I, I heard I heard your question though. Oh, no. oh can you hear me? I, I got the question. I don't know if uh, like because now you're completely frozen on yeah, my end. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, perfect. I can hear you too. Um, so as long as you can hear me, okay. Okay, now I got you. Now you're going. All right. So what unleashed the beast basically in me? Um, honest to God, man. I mean, I. <sighs> Like I said before, I was someone who was very avoiding of anything uncomfortable in my past. Anything that was hard, anything that pushed myself, anything that threatened safety more or less, I always ran away from. And I stumbled upon it. This is going to be really interesting. So I'm doing all these crazy intense things right now. The thing that really woke me up to unleash the beast inside was actually yoga and mindfulness really yoga and mindfulness because that really, and it's so funny because it's so again, like opposite of when you think of like intense and discipline and like hard and stuff like that. But let me tell you this, man, like through yoga, I learned how to sit with feelings of discomfort and learn how to just like be with them in present in my body, whether it was something mentally, whether it was something, you know, my legs when I'm running, whatever it was, yoga and mindfulness taught me actually how to be present with those feelings. So not only was I able to really sit with them much more, but I was able to, you know, go through workouts more and things like that and, and to, to embrace those things a lot more and carry on with those activities much more. And the thing that really started to push me though, was when I started to associate pain, like, and I, and I don't mean pain as in like, you know, breaking your leg pain or like injury. I mean, like, the pain of like pushing yourself and being uncomfortable in the moment. I mentally started to associate that thing, that pain with growth. And the way that I did that was I started to look into the success of people who were disciplined and who were really, really resilient, more or less Navy SEALs. So David Goggins, especially Mark Devine, uh, all these guys who, you know, were in some of the most uncomfortable and high pressure situations in the world, like a Navy SEAL. Think about it, like their life and death. But in those moments, they're able to not only act calm, but they're actually act like able to perform at the highest level. So for me, like one of my goals in life was to build mental resiliency and discipline. And so at the time, what unleashed the beast inside me was learning how to associate pain with growth. Whereas in the past, I associated pain with pain. Like I was like, pain is bad. Pain is not good. Pain is good. Run away from it. But instead it was like, if I feel this pain, I'm going to get better. And that, that neural association is really 
what drove me to the edge. Cause now every time when I'm on a run and my legs start to hurt, I, I, I love it, man. Oh God, I'm getting the chills right now. Like I love it because like, I know it's like, this is getting me better. This is getting me stronger. This is allowing me to really, really dig deep into who I am and find out who I am at my core and really unleash my potential. And so then I learned to embrace the hard things. I learned to embrace the difficulties and that's what unleashed the beast inside me because here's the thing anything in life any feeling any emotion any event that happens to you the only thing the only way that they're going to have an effect on you is whatever meaning that you associate with it so if you associate growth with pain and you really associate that you that's how endurance is built that is how endurance is built and so for me like using that starting with that high level goal of being resilient, being disciplined, which actually comes to my higher level goal of, you know, being someone who's able to um, change the lives of a bunch of people, not change the lives in terms of manipulation, but give people the tools to change their lives that required me to be mentally disciplined. And so that like knowing that pain and pushing myself to that level of discomfort will help me get to that goal. That unleash the beast inside me and so it's really just changing my meanings of the world changing my references changing my perspective that is what changed everything so when i said in the beginning yoga and mindfulness like yes it is staying with that feeling but then it's like okay now what does that feeling mean to you and using it in a way that actually propels you so if you're in a difficult situation in your life and you're really struggling for whatever it is like think about how this is going to make you better. Don't think about how it's going to push you back. Don't think about how it's going to slow you down. Think about all the ways that it's going to make you better. And this is not positive thinking. I Listen, Chris Worth, he's a great guy, like great friend of mine. Like I know he just released a book called like the Positivity Tribe and like people talk about positive thinking. I, I fucking hate the term positive thinking, to be honest. Like I, I really do. And um, I, and that's just me personally. Like, listen, like I, that's just me personally. I'm more in the sense of like advantage thinking. Like how can I think of this thing to my advantage, right? Like, cause I think positive thinking is more like a bandaid. Whereas like if you actually go through and change the neural association meaning of what things mean, that's where the change is made. And so it's not positive thinking as much as it is just like shifting your perspective on things, shifting your perception and really making it a core of your being. And so that's what unleashes the beast inside of me and what I carry every single day. I love that, man. So in my mind, like you're saying, change in the association. So I just see this, I just see this, like uh, this canal or something where you got to just crank, you got to literally just got to crank and turn to like shift and, and like get out of that mindset. So I'm curious is how does one, how does one crank and shift? Because I feel, I feel like that there is some, um, some tension going from, you know, I'm, I'm running and it's, and it's pain. So I don't want to do it. And I'm going to avoid pain too. Obviously you just threw away your, your uh, pills and you're like, boom, I'm done. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, you know, that's still something you gotta, you gotta work out. You gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta put in the work to shift that and have some sort of self-awareness. So how, how does, how do you, how did you make that shift? Was it just like that? Or, or was there some sort of process in and of itself? Uh, that maybe you could like let the people who are listening kind of in on your little secret? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question because when you change your beliefs in any sense of the way or you change your perception of who you are, you, you experience something called cognitive dissonance, which is essentially um, a psychological term where you 
are being challenged on a belief that you've had for so long. So like, for example, this is, this is exactly the reason why you see, um, and I, I'm not going to get into this, but I'm just using this for example's sake, is that like politics and religion, why you see so many emotionally charged conversations is because when someone presents facts or evidence that maybe goes against, you know, and again, I'm not bashing anything on, on either side of the party, but something that goes against someone's political beliefs or religious beliefs, they start to get fired up. Because now when you go, you go into the state of cognitive dissonance where your brain's going to do whatever it takes to preserve that belief, it's going to preserve it. So in those moments, like when, here's the thing, like I'll give you a perfect example of how this showed up in my life. Like for example, when uh, I, I actually went through various different times where I tried to get sober um, and failed. So there was, and this is, I first read the Tony Robbins book and um, the first day where I started to dig into it, um, I was like, you know what? Now I have all the tools to be sober. And the next day I was like, I'm not going to take, take Adderall the next day. I only made it from when I woke up at 6 a.m. to about noon. And then I took it. And uh, in that moment, there was a voice in my head saying, what are you doing, man? This is ridiculous. Like, oh my gosh, you're not going to make it. You can't concentrate. What do you mean? You have severe ADHD, like blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, cognitive dissonance coming in. At that point, I didn't know how to manage it because I thought my thoughts were me. I thought they were me. And, um, and I was like, you know what? Like, I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I popped the pill again and there it was. And then all of a sudden I had even worse negative self-talk. It was like all those things. So the thing to really shift it, like number one, first and foremost, is to acknowledge that your brain is trying to keep you safe. It is not trying to ultimately make you better. It really isn't. It's trying to keep you safe and safety means being in the same beliefs that you were in the past. So the thing that really made it to start to click in the process and everything is starting to recognize when that cognitive dissonance comes up, when those negative thoughts come up and you challenge them. So now here is the second thing when I learned to learn that skill. And the best way to manage that skill is to do this. Here, here's the practical thing of how, this is how I started to build it a lot more is that when I started to, um, again, first and foremost, to preface this, you have to find out what your goal is. You have to find out what you want. And I always say that if you are in a problem that you know you want to fix, like the best way to, first of all, first and foremost, find a way to get out of it is to find other people who have done what you've done, not just from a strategy perspective, but belief that you can get it done. Belief that you can get it done. And so that's first and foremost. Number two is, um, is, is challenge your thoughts on a daily basis, right? So you have a negative thought, find all evidence against that negative thought, and then take action that goes against it. So for example, if it's like, oh, I'm too tired to do something, that thought pops in, you're saying, okay, yeah, I may be tired, but I'm not too tired to do this. Then go out and do it and you prove that voice wrong and then you realize that your thoughts are not yours. Here is the big thing though. Here's the thing that will awaken everything. And I just posted about this on my Instagram this morning and I, I'm kicking myself for not saying this earlier because this is, this is so pivotal. You have to develop a growth mindset. You have to develop a growth mindset. This is really the big thing for me. And if you, most people have a fixed mindset. Whereas a fixed mindset is you believe your traits, your abilities, your qualities, everything is fixed, right? You're either born athletic or you're not. You're either born resilient or you're not. You're either born talented or you're not. Bullshit. 
bullshit. Because here's the thing. If you believe that, you're always stuck. You always can't, you're always stuck. You have to believe, and it's true, by the way, because the brain is malleable. You have to believe that your qualities and your traits and your abilities and everything, those things, they're all malleable. You can learn how to be anything that you want. It starts with that belief. Once you have that belief that you can go out and become whoever you want to become, you can learn the skill that you want to do, you're going to go out and try and pursue ways to do it. But if you don't believe that it can be done, you're not going to do it. It all starts with belief. And to really, really instill this belief system in you, you have to fight that cognitive dissonance like I mentioned before. That's how you get through the beliefs and you prove it wrong because once you see it, once you see it in action, once you see it's like, damn, like, like for me, if you told me that I was going to run a 30-mile Spartan race like three years ago, I would have been like, dude, you're fucking nuts. But I went out and did it. And here's the thing too. I signed up for the goddamn race even when I didn't think I could do it because I was like, all right, well, got to figure it out now see what happens. And then here I am now. So it's always proving that negative voice in your head wrong, identifying the beliefs and developing the growth mindset so that you can get to where you want to be. I freaking love it. Growth mindset's huge, man. And uh, one of the things that I'm noticing within a lot of people who are successful, and uh, I know Gary V talks about it a lot right now, but just, and, and success in my opinion, um, in this scenario is talking about hitting that progress and seeing, seeing growth is having an awareness, right? Mm -hmm. Having awareness of thoughts, being able to, to identify your thoughts, hear your thoughts, then have some sort of um, process thinking about your thoughts and what they really are and challenging your thoughts. You got to become self-aware and you've got to create space where you can listen to yourself and listen to other people uh, and really be committed to that process of, of listening and understanding. Um, and that's that, I mean, I think it's the Dalai Lama talks about it is when, when you talk, you learn nothing. When you listen, you, you might learn something. Yeah. And I think listening um, is not just to other people, but to who you are and to how you talk to yourself and really evaluate, like, do I talk to myself the way that I would talk to somebody I care about? Because if I, if I, if I need to, if I'm going to care about myself, maybe I should communicate to myself the way that I, I communicate to the people I care about, you know, mm -hmm. and you talked about earlier is, is spending time alone. I think, um, what was, what was the, what was the saying you had from Tom Billy? It was, um, how you um, feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Is when you're by yourself. Yep. I avoided being by myself at all costs, right? Like I don't want to be by myself. I want to be with friends. I want to be with roommates. I want to be with kids, partner, family, brothers, friend. doesn't matter. I want to be with somebody. I don't want to be alone. And that thing in and of itself, being alone is probably the biggest thing. Even when you like being alone includes journaling. Being alone means going on a run without music. Being alone means mm. defining your goals, finding clarity, figuring out who you are, what makes you happy. You got to learn about yourself by being alone. And I think, that would be one of the big, if you could do anything, it would be find time, make time, create time to be alone and be alone and, and pay attention to the thoughts that you're having. Pay attention to the urges that you're having. Do you want to reach for your phone? Do you want to reach for the TV remote? Like, what do you want to do that avoids being alone? And it's different than what you want to do, like yeah. who you are, like the, the TV and the phone, those are distractions. All right. And I guess there's some, some benefit to being distracted, I guess. Um, 
but like being alone and, and I kind of refer back a lot of the times and I heard you say is like find people who you can surround yourself with who have obtained mm-hmm. something that you desire to obtain and think about what that specific thing is because I, I don't know how you feel about this but I have always said, okay, that person does really well financially. So I'm going to listen to everything they say in their entire life. And it's probably not the best thing, right? It's like, no, so pick, yeah. out, pick out a place of that person and that thing. And like, for me, like when I look at physical fitness, I'm looking at that person for physical fitness. I'm not looking at them for yes. relationship advice. Yes. I'm not looking at them for business advice. Yes. Although I, I would do that before, but I want to bring it back to when you, you, you are who you spend time with, whether that's a book, a podcast, um, the TV, the social media, even those people, those are who you become. And thinking about that is like, okay, if I am the per- people I spend the most time with, I never spend time with myself. How am I going to know who I am? There's no yes. separation. I'm only yes. those people. You have to be as that individual. This is my belief. My firm belief is that you have to be one of the top five people you spend the most time yes. with. Yes. You know, um, again, that would be, I think that is step one to living a fulfilled life. uh, If we were to circle around that into developing a growth mindset, developing, cultivating that personal and self-awareness so that you can identify, especially, and we're, again, we're talking about the, the, the the people who fall in this class of caring about what other people think, feeling like they can't grow, feeling stuck, um, feeling like they don't love their lives. They don't love themselves. They don't have positive talk. They don't like their body or their job. Uh, they don't take ownership of things. Like those are the people that we're really talking about is like first and foremost is just spend time alone. Do you get, do you schedule like alone time? I don't schedule it. Um, I should a lot more. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I, even on this journey of self-development, um, I, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I did struggle a lot with alone time. Now when I'm running and usually I'm out there alone, like I'll be, you know, running for like five hours sometimes totally on myself that I'm fine with. You know what I'm really struggle with sometimes though? I struggle sometimes like, and I, this is my first time really ever working from her home. And, um, you know, sometimes I literally go days without communication with or face-to-face communication with another human being, not counting like this. Um, I, I struggle with that, man. Like, cause I'm, I'm extremely extroverted and uh, I love being around other people. I love communicating. And I love those things. Um, so I don't schedule the alone time, but I, again, embrace the discomfort of being alone. And um, uh, I always make like my kind of like, I guess I would say my scheduled alone time would be like my running time, my working out time. Like I love that time to myself like that. I feel comfortable, but at the same time, I, I, I don't schedule it as much, but I'm always aware of like, okay, like I'm feeling uncomfortable while I'm alone. Why is that? Like, is there like a deeper insecurity? Like, is there something that I'm trying to distract myself from? Like, is there a problem that I'm trying to run away from? Always just asking questions and like challenging again, like, why am I thinking the way that they're, I'm thinking? you know? And that's just like the beauty of the human animal is like, I, I think, I don't know, homo sapien, or there's like some word that like ties back to human, but like it translates in some way and I'm butchering this, but like there's some word that like ties back to the word human in whatever form that basically means the person who like, who thinks about what they think. And like, that's what makes us different is like a bird is not thinking about their thoughts, like, or like a mammal, they don't think about the thoughts, but we have that ability. We have that prefrontal cortex, that ability to think about our thoughts. And so that's what I do in my alone time is 
Um, I don't schedule it, but I do it whenever I start to like feel very overwhelmed or I start to feel anxious or I start to feel these like feelings that are causing me uncomfortable. So that's what I usually do. That's great. I freaking love it. So now I want to, um, I, I have a question yeah. um, and you're young, so I'll change it a little bit. I'm, I'm, t I'm testing this, this question out. So my, it's a two part question yep. and I'm going to make it, usually I make it like 10 years, but I'm going to do five years because you're 25. So if you could go back five years ago to your, to your 20 year old self and you could give one piece of advice that that 20 year old had to apply to his life, what would that piece of advice be? It's, a, it's interesting because my first gut instinct would be get uncomfortable, get uncomfortable. But here's the thing. I, I think that would be the wrong advice for the time because get un, you're not going to get uncomfortable if you don't believe that that uncomfortableness is going to be rewarded. So I would say my, my advice to that person would be you can learn anything. You can become anyone. You can, you are not the person, you don't have to be the person that you are right now. Because the one thing that held me back was because the person who I was at the time, I didn't like that person. And I genuinely believed that I was going to be that person for the rest of my life. And most people do. Think about why people kill themselves. People kill themselves because they don't believe that their situation is going to get any better. So logically in that point, like suicide is actually a logical response. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's correct. But if you think about their logic, if they truly believe, if, if it was true that their life wasn't going to get any better, like killing themselves, probably, probably a logical option. I'm not advocating suicide, by the way. I'm doing this to make a point. Here's the thing, though. That is not true. Your life can get better. You can become whoever you want. You can change the skill set whoever you want. You can do all those things, right? You just got to know without a shadow of a doubt that you can change it. So if you're insecure about something, you can change that. If you're not good at a sport, you can change it. Dude, I was so unathletic in high school, so unbelievably athletic in high school. Again, I played golf, was picked last every single pickup sports game, was laughed at all the time. He's like, look at Joe, he's so uncoordinated. He catches a football weird, like blah, blah, blah. Like made fun of on the whole thing. And I'm a fucking ultra marathon runner now. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that because the difference wasn't the training. Right. The, the difference was the belief. And I went from someone who was a drug addict to someone who is clean sober for two years, drinking every weekend to having having a drop of alcohol in two years. So all that came from belief that I could become someone, having the growth mindset. And if anyone wants to get more specific on what the pillars of a growth mindset are, read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. That book will change your freaking life. And um, yeah, so that is the one belief that, that I would tell the person or I would tell that kid. Um, if I were to throw in a second one, I know you only asked for one, but the second one here too is take ownership, man. And I'm not going to get into that, but like, like too deep unless you would like to, but here's the thing, man, like people, this is, this is the one thing. And this is the problem that I think is, is plaguing America very specifically right now, but also the world. People are so reliant on the government. They're so reliant on external factors. They're so reliant on the economy to fix their damn problems. I'm going to tell you the uncomfortable truth, man. I don't care if you support Trump. I don't care if you support Biden. I don't care if you support Kanye West. I don't care who you support. I don't care who you support. The thing is, 
doesn't matter who's in office. It matters what the hell are you going to do? You got to take ownership of your life. You have to take ownership of your life. Yeah, sure. Government policy might affect you, might affect your job, might affect this, but it doesn't matter. You can't control that. What you can control is the actions that you do in response to that. Life is 10% of what happens to you, 90% of how you respond to that. And the reason why I say that that would be an important thing to tell myself is because I used to play the victim card. Oh, woe is me. My life sucks. Blah, blah, blah. I was dealt a shitty hand. Dude, I know people who were dealt a way shittier hand than Miami that are way more successful than I am. Not only successful, but more fulfilled than I am. And so I, I never see circumstance as a limitation. And I don't think people should. And um, I would tell that advice to myself because it allows you to be the power because if you're the source of your problems, you're also the source of the solution. Mm. But if the outside external world is the source of your problems, that means the external world is also the source of your solutions and you can't control that. So what does that leave you? Hopeless, helpless, victim. Can't do anything about it. You go to this place to learn helplessness, you're fucked. That's, yeah. that's what I would say. That's a, that's a common thing among the middle class here, my observation, at least I'm not a statistician or anything like that. Um, or, you know, haven't done my research on all of that, but it, it's a, it's a very, cause you have the right amount of comfort growing up in the middle class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I would say if you're upper, upper, upper class, a lot of times you're around high performing people at yep. that point. So you, you're, you come attuned to that. Uh, but you, what you kind of talked about is something you see from people who have it way worse than you, meaning the lower class people, right. Who say, well, ain't nobody around me going to make this better. So I'm going to do it myself. And that's yeah. something that's really missing in a lot of the middle class is they feel as if all things are outside of their control. So that means the solutions are outside and they're looking like those are the people who are losing their mind right now losing their mind. What I lost my job. I don't know what to do. And I, I, extreme ownership isn't something to, to take. Lightly. It is something that I think. it was is in is inside of every person i don't know if you can still hear me man but it's like six chopping up pretty badly oh There we go. Hey, there man. Go. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm the mountain. It must be the mountains. The mountains are just like, hey, man, you're here. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting outside. 
Uh, I don't know what you heard about that. I don't know what everybody else heard about that, but we're back. I was just talking about ownership and how important that stuff uh, really is to, to have in your life because you got to understand that like the controllables are, are what you can control. And, and, and yes, I mean, you can look and say, hey, you know, whoever you vote for, whoever you respect from a political standpoint, you know, you can do you can do what you can do. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's going to be what it's going to be. It is what it is. And how are you going to show up? What right. are you going to do for yourself? You lost your job. So what? Right. You and, and I, you talked about fixed mindset. And the reality is, is everyone intrinsically is if, if you are walking right now, you're walking because you have grit. You're walking because you ha- you you have grown. You have changed. Right. It's like you take it for granted. It's like, oh, I, I, walking so normal. Walking's like if you watch a little kid, like it's a struggle. It's totally a struggle. Yep. Like, yeah. You as a person who are now walking had struggled in your life and you've accomplished this thing called walking. What makes you think you can't do something else, right? What makes you think that you're just going to start and get shot out of the womb and you're going to be walking and talking? No, you've had to learn and practice and fail and learn. And that's the thing is when you're learning to walk, it's you are learning right? Like those, you're not failing, you're learning, you're learning ways. It's the same way Tom Edison talked about, I think it was Thomas Edison. like, I learned a thousand ways not to yeah. make a light bulb. You learned yeah. a thousand ways as a child, how not to walk until you learned how to balance and walk and you figured it out. And I think people and myself included in this at some point in time in my life, and most certainly probably in some areas, look at sayings like, I should be, I should be able to do this already. Well, what gives you the right? You haven't practiced. You haven't practiced. Mm-hmm. You're seeing, you're seeing Joey over here who who I, I, you know, and I did this to you earlier. It's like, you just threw it. You just threw your pills away. Well, the backstory is you threw your pills away because you had failed so many, or you learned what yeah. to do along the way through practice. And yep. then you build up the muscle to say, bye, it's gone. Yep. I'm not using you anymore. And like, yes. I, I was so entitled and middle-class seems so entitled because they get just enough. They don't have mm-hmm. enough pain, right? We protect mm-hmm. so in the middle class, we protect and give them just the right amount of comfort. And it's like, you look at anything in, in the lower class, like you just don't, you don't, they don't have that comfort. They already mm-hmm. have pain. So they're like, I don't want to be here. So I'm going to do something different within my control to then get out of here. And those are the people that you find success. And so ownership is, is something like we can't take lightly as, as individuals. Um, plus you said something really too, is it's almost liberating in the fact that when you take ownership, you take back the power. If, yes. if, if I'm, if, if I'm, worried what my spouse is going to think or my boss is going to think I'm giving them the power over my yes. moments of joy. Yes. I'm literally saying you are in control of the joy I experience in my life. I'm going to give it to you. And then I'm going to judge what you give me and, and feel a certain way about it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like when you take that ownership, you take back the responsibility to be able to respond to certain situations the way that you want to not the other way around. So, so a hundred percent, I would, I, I love, I love both of those. It's like get uncomfortable, take ownership. You can grow, you can learn anything, just practice, focus on practice. Don't even focus on the result. I like that advice. Now my, my second part of the question is now that you're 25, if we took that same thing and we said, okay, Joey's 30 years old, what would he say? What would Joey at 30 tell 25 year old as a piece of advice that he had to take today? If you could look at yourself from a 30 year old's perspective, you in the future, I'm 30. This is who I am at 30. What would I, what piece of advice would I give myself as a 25 year old? And, and what would that advice be? Yeah. Oof. This is, this is a good one. This is a, that's a damn good question. And I think You're a welcome. lot. Of, yes. Thank you. <laughs> 
You know, it, it, there's a lot of like key things that I'm definitely thinking about. And I, I think, I think the number one thing would be um, focus on your skill set. And I, cause, cause here's the thing, what I've, what I've learned, especially like in, in this economy that we're in, you, if you have skills, you can do so, so many things. And, and like, so if you get like let off from a job, like if your skills are good enough, like, first of all, it gets you, you know, way better position to, you know, go out and not only find another job, but it allows you to actually do something and contribute to society in one way, shape or form. And I'm talking about skills that like add to society. Like, for example, like me running, like that's a skill, but like, honestly, doesn't really benefit much except for myself. Like, like I'm just going to be, I mean, yes and no. Like, yes, people seem right. like, like they benefit, like sure. Like that, you know, inspiring and all that thing, but like, I'm not good enough right now to be like a professional runner. If I could, I don't know. I ch- I ch- I'm going to challenge you on that whole thinking there because here's why I used to think that that is selfish. I'm working out. How does that help somebody? But if you really step back and you say, you actually search for the answer, how does this help somebody? You will find that, okay, well, actually running increases me and my potential because physiologically it's, yes. it, it helps the brain. So it helps me when I go learn and read a book, it helps me put those together and think those through, which then builds upon every other skill I have. So it's actually a foundation yeah. that you're building, a sound, solid foundation that does, doesn't directly right? Like it doesn't directly, you know, benefit humanity, Mm -hmm. but it does down the road benefit every interaction you have because you are taking care of who you are and you are fulfilled with who you are and you're taking care of your human, which puts you in a healthy place. Then when you go into have human interactions or you go to your business or you go to your job or you go to your relationships, you now have a healthy mindset. Whereas before, if you have a toxic mindset and a toxic personality, you are not adding any value to the people that you're interacting with. So I challenge the thought to say, hey, indirectly, I think you are benefiting people in that mindset, that skill of doing that, that practice does actually help people. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent. And that's why, like, I guess I worded it in the wrong way, (laughs) because in a sense, like, like when I think about my value hierarchy, I, I put health over family, like not like 10 times out of 10. Why is that? Because if I'm healthy, like I'm going to be a better family member. I'm going to be a better friend. I'm going to be a better coworker. Like if I'm not healthy, I'm not going to be the best version of those things. Um, so I agree. Yes. The running helps indirectly with a lot of those things in terms of skill set. Uh, I'm more talking about like from like my goals and everything like that. Gotcha. Um, because like, like here, here's like the thing, like my long-term goal is to be someone who's be like able to give people the tools to radically transform their life and create a fulfilling life for themselves. And so it's like, okay, like, why am I not there right now? The reason why I'm not there right now is because I'm not good enough. Now that's not like a thing of like a limiting belief or anything like that to say like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. It's just like, I don't have the skills to be there versus where I am right now right? If I did have the skills, I'd be doing it. Like, let's be honest. Like the reason why Tony Robbins is the way Tony Robbins is, is because he has like, dude, you listen to that guy talk and you're like, Oh my God, like I want to like go do something right. You know what I mean? He's got like this master power of influence. He has the skill set to understand what makes the brain tick. He's got the skill set to actually run my profitable business on it. He's got the skill set to do all these things. Like for me, like 
I like to think I'm a pretty good speaker. I like to think I'm all this, but I'm not nearly as good as what I want to be. And so what do I want to invest my time in? Skill development. And so when I see myself 30 years down the road, like being this person who's, you know, hopefully where he's want to be, you know, at, but I know I'm going to be better. What's going to be the, the difference in there? The difference is going to be the skill sets that I develop. And the reason why I say that is um, because here's the thing, like, uh, where I'm at in my job right now. So, um, my, it, it, it's interesting. I was on, um, in a finance job in corporate America and, um, paid well, honestly, like paid very, very well for the area I lived in was super safe. I mean, like this company did not like, they don't, they don't fire people in a recession. Like they just like give like voluntary severance packages. So like, it was like secure as could be. And in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a recession, I went up and I moved halfway across the country to go work for Busy Gold. And here's the reason why. The reason why is like, number one, first and foremost, the mission and everything is like so, so um, inspiring to me and it aligns with who I am. But also at the same time, like I knew it was like, okay, at the same time, it's also going to give me these skills that I'm going to take, you know, for my life in the future. So I would say like when you're young, like, and you're 25, you're listening to this podcast and you're young and everything, even if you're like 35, that's still young, man. Like still got so much life ahead of you. Like, goddamn, like you're young too, man. Like I know you're like, oh, you're young, but you're young too. Like <laughs> optimize your life and your career for developing skills over money because skills monetize forever. Skills monetize forever. Money only spends once. So if you develop the early upfront investment of your time and developing your skill set and getting better and like becoming like someone who can actually add value to other people, because that's literally, you want to make money, you just add value to other people because money is just a, it's value transaction. You give more, you give more value to the world. You're going to get more money back, right? Like that is, that's how you do it. And like, I know it's like, whoa, Joe, you just took a 180. Now you're talking about making money and all those things. Here's the thing. Like, when you have skills, you contribute more. It's not about the money that you get. It's about the impact that you make in the world. That is what will lead to the fulfillment is the impact that you make. And the way that you make a greater impact is by developing your skill set. So you can not only, you know, make an impact to one or two or three people, but to massive amounts of people. And, you know, for some people, that's not their thing. For me, that's my thing. I want to impact people on a massive scale. And so, um, skill set because wherever you want to be now versus wherever you want to be in the future it's just a gap of skill set whether that's mental toughness whether that's fitness whether that's any of those things skill set skills 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 focus relentlessly on skills like i'll say it a million times like don't focus on the fucking money focus on the skills like and the money will come i love that skills what skills are you building right now yeah so marketing 100 percent uh sales um i actually so it's it's really it, it's it's really fascinating. And I think like, I just am more inclined to this skill of sales just cause like I've been always a better communicator um, than I am a lot of different things. Um, but like sales is one skill and influence and persuasion. Like those things I'm, I'm going hard on learning. And here's the thing too, on learning. Like, yes, you can read a book. Yes, you can do it things, but like the biggest progress comes in actually doing the damn thing. So I'm doing sales calls for the company that I'm at. Um, and every single time I always do like an after action report and always say, well, and well, what didn't go well? Like what objection did I not handle correctly? Like, did I say this and I make the wrong impression? Always testing it. So sales, marketing, copywriting, um, advertising, like 
basically the whole nine yards in the marketing area because that's that's the area I work at and the company that I work for. Um, I haven't really had too much experience on it before, but I'm learning along the way. So those are the skills that I'm learning as well. And then also too, from a personal benefit, um, really focusing on uh, ultra running. So um, again, going on the 50 miler, um, I'm trying to just do as much as I can to like really tap into like that deeper well once I know, cause like the farthest I ran is 30 miles. Like, oof, like I remember like telling myself, like, like the other week I ran 26 miles and I was like, damn, I'm going to have to run double this, like in like a few months, like, whew. like, just like, like learning how to have better, deeper mental toughness skills, like when it gets darker. And that's just a continuous process for me. And I just love that. And it brings fulfillment to me. And so, um, yeah, marketing side and then harnessing that deeper well, as I like to call it. I love it. Though, you know, the Buddha would say about doing dishes, you don't have a bunch of dish, you have this dish. So when you're running that 26 miles, yeah, you can look and say, I've got to run double this, or I've got to run this. I just have this mile. I just have yeah. this. I just have this thing. This is all that I have in this moment. It's just yeah. this, this dish, this dish, this dish. It's just yep. this dish. Uh, what question did I have? Uh, so your second, your second five, if you were looking back, if you were 30 and looking back today, it'd be like, develop your skills. That's your, that's the answer. Yeah. I like that. I like that question too. Uh, <clears throat> adding, and I, I, I kind of want to go back to, uh, not go back, but developing skill set here is like something that I'm focused on too. And then it's like, how do I cross pollinate skills? Right. So mm -hmm. if I learn computer and looking a little bit to the future too, right. Like looking at trends, like I'm going to need to know technology. So if I don't put energy and effort into learning how to use it learning how it operates and it works on a fundamental level uh, then i'm going to fall behind pretty quickly like so i'm looking you know looking as okay um you know what what are the people who are 40 to 60 up to what skills do they have what skills did they develop where where might they have found success what are those skills and a lot of times it's communication it's human interaction it's that they have developed skills whether that's some sort of mechanical skill in some way that it, it contributes right adds value to the public people outside of you and uh and that's that's a huge thing and then looking at like how would i serve the the 10 to 20, 30 year olds now too, right? Like what, mm -hmm. how would I serve them? How do, how do they communicate? How do they interact? And mm -hmm. what are the skills that I need, uh, you know, to be able to be relative, relevant when I'm communicating to them about yes. the things that I learned. So, uh, and, and just saying like, what can I learn about, you know, computer programming? If I take a class, uh, you know, I take CS50, um, uh, from Harvard on edX, right? So it's mm -hmm. like a free course that you can take and you're learning the process of how this thing works. And then you take that and you say, oh, how might this apply to my podcast? How might this skill set yes. apply to my workouts? And how might this thinking that I've acquired in this certain this skill set apply to X, Y, and Z that I'm doing? So I, I like to cross pollinate my skills mm -hmm. and see how, how they benefit each other. Cause it's, it's easy to get in the mindset of like, I could be doing this. I could be doing that. I could be doing this. But you're like, but you're doing this. So let's do this. And how might that help? So what mm -hmm. else are you up to? So you're marketing, you have your podcast, uh, you're doing the Spartan races, you're in a relationship, 25, got this thing, you're working on these skills. What else are you, what's going, what's the big news for, for Joey? What else is happening? Yeah. I, I mean, so like the thing is like, I'm, I'm hyper focused on 
like three just core things right now. And number one is um, doing whatever I can to help grow um, our company, which is Break Method. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, you can go check out breakmethod.com or listen to a podcast um, that uh, our founder, Busy Gold, has done. She's an incredible woman. Like, you know, she's, she's built multi-million dollar businesses. Um, and, and this is like her life's work that um, it, it's just truly incredible. Um, but I'm doing whatever I can to help get this message out to as many people as possible because I've taken countless self-help, you know, programs and books. And, you know, we've, we've been talking about here, but this program that I took, it was just so impactful to me. That's why I'm working for her now. And so uh, I believe as someone who has gone through the program and seen the transformation, also seen thousands of other students make transformation, that this needs, program needs to be out there. So I'm doing whatever it takes to go out there. And it's really cool because she's given me the opportunity to actually speak at one of her seminars coming up in October. So I'm super pumped about that. Going to do um, a, a talk about how physicality, physical challenges actually rewire your brain so that you can accomplish the mental challenges in your life. So I'm going to be doing a talk about that in October here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm at. Um, so it's going to be super exciting. Um, so that's one area I'm focused on. Number two, super focused on the ultra endurance uh, world. Uh, I'm running the 50 mile in December. I'm doing an Ironman next year. Um, and I'm just like, like every time I run now, I'm like listening to an audiobook of an ultra runner or documenting something to do with ultra running. Like right now I'm listening to Finding Ultra by Rich Roll. Um, and uh, I was listening to a couple podcasts done by like Cam Haynes and Courtney uh, Dowalter who are incredible ultra runners. Um, and uh, just trying to get into the mindset of these people just so I can integrate. Cause like I said before, you want to get the mind, like you want to model someone, don't just get their strategy, get their mindset, get their beliefs, and then do whatever it takes to instill those beliefs inside of you. Because again, like the, like that's, ha that's the hack. That's the fucking hack of life is, is, is getting to the beliefs. Like strategy is great, but success is like 60% psychology and 40% strategy. Maybe, maybe more so the other way around, more <laughs> lopsided towards the psychology. Um, so there's that. And then number three, honestly, like I'm, I'm, uh, I, I really, I'm in a relationship that, you know, this is my first one in, um, in four years that, um, you know, I've, I've gotten into. And like, for me, like one of my highest values is, you know, family and relationships and everything like that. And, um, I, I want to show up fully, um, especially when, um, you know, obviously ultra training burns you out pretty physically. And then like, I'm working really long hours for my job, not because I have to, but because I want to. And so when you have those two like burning, like things that can usually lead to like relationship, like not showing up. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm always focused on like, I'm still going to show up to, even though those things are there because it's a priority to me and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that. Um, so those three things, it's like, if, if anything doesn't revolve around those three things and my podcast, it does revolve around definitely getting, you know, more of a message out there and everything and, and all that stuff. Like it, it definitely falls in those three categories, but basically I'm telling myself, like, if it doesn't fall into building relationships, not just with the person I'm with, but with anyone, um, you know, focusing on getting this message out in break method and also, you know, just a message of improving people's lives and then ultra endurance racing, if it doesn't really fall in those three categories, I'm, I'm cutting it out at this point. Um, because that's, that's a full day right there, my friend. And I'm here on this podcast with you because not only, you know, do I obviously want to build this friendship with you for sure. Cause you're a great guy. And 
I, I would, you know, love to have this to be a friendship that, that goes on. But um, I hope that this message and this conversation um, gives some people not only a kick in the ass, but the fire to really go out and change. And, and, and my number one thing is like, if you are in a place right now where you think that you can't do something or you think that you're stuck the way that you always are, like, I'm not going to be the one to tell you that you can do it because that's like the cheesiest bullshit like thing ever. It's always like, if you can believe you can do it, you can do it, which I believe is true. Don't get me wrong, but everyone says it. And I'm tired of hearing the same message over and over again. So I want to give something different. If you believe that you can't do something, go and find someone who has. Read their biography, listen to their podcast, listen to their story, and then have them be the proof that they can do it. And then here's the thing too, like don't, don't follow the person who is born that way. Like I hate, I, like I'm not knocking the people, but it's just hard for you to resonate with someone who is born that way. That's why like David Goggins, like I love that guy because like, dude, he, he similar story to me in the sense mentally, not from what he'd been through. He'd been through way, way tougher stuff, but was insecure growing up, like was not a tough guy, all these things. And like, you know, turns into David Goggins. Um, so yeah, that's my long winded answer of what I'm up to and what I hope people can take away from this. And, uh, I appreciate you asking, man. What's your podcast? My podcast is the art of fulfillment. Um, so we actually, it's funny, like today is the reboot day. I took a short hiatus for two months to focus on those three things that I mentioned before. Um, uh, but now that I have a routine kind of schedule and things are panned out and stuff, I'm actually rebooting it starting today. Um, we're doing four episodes a week now, one solo cast, two interviews, and then one segment with a buddy that I do. And you will see Kale on the show real, real soon here um, for his episode of the Art of Fulfillment. But um, yeah, basically what we all talk about is, um, you know, on the solo cast episodes, I share what I has led to my fulfillment. And then the interview people I bring on what has led to their own Art of Fulfillment because it's different for everybody. And I want to put as many ideas out as possible. And uh, I love it, man. I love it. Where do, where do people find you? you yeah. Big on Instagram, right? Big on Instagram. That's, that's basically the only place. I mean, I'm, I'm actually on TikTok. I got like, I had a few TikToks like blow up. So you can also find me on TikTok. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's banned now. Who the fuck knows? I don't um, know. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm Joe Corsione on Instagram. Joe Corsione on TikTok. Um, Instagram, I'm active. If you ever want to have a conversation with me about anything, I'm, more, I'm always looking to connect with people. So shoot me a DM and I'll be more than happy to do so. Freaking love it, man. Well, I, uh, I super appreciate you coming on uh, the show. I've got plans to go up in the mountains now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush that. I, I, I'm in my happy place when I'm out here. I love, I love Colorado. So, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you diving deep into some fulfillment uh, and kind of coming up with no agenda. So I uh, really appreciate you, man. I look forward to coming on to your show. Uh, everyone who's listening, please go uh, follow him on Instagram. Uh, listen to his podcast. Leave him a review. Give him a bunch of love. Uh, tell him he did a great job here and take some of his advice. So I right, Joey, man. I appreciate you, sir. And until next time, friend. Yeah, man, dude, thank you so much again. I hope you enjoy the mountains and thank you for, you know, um, just, just being a great support and for, for helping, allowing me to have this platform to get my message out there, allowing me to have this opportunity to talk with you and connect with you. And ultimately I I'm just so grateful for you, you know, pushing my stuff and everything. And I cannot wait to have you on the podcast and the many more conversations we're going to have together, my friend. Yes, sir. Talk soon, bro. Take care, man.